Galatians chapter 3, please. Galatians chapter 3, looking at the first five verses. Friday night we talked about who, who is the person of the Holy Spirit, who he is. Uh, we have lots of people that know what he does, but they don't know who he is. So my thought was you can even speak in tongues and really not know who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, the Holy Spirit's uh, tongues is a gift. He gives it to you. There's nothing you can do. He enables you to speak. Salvation is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't work it. Uh, walking in faith is a fruit. Uh, you, you grow it. You grow it until you see the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like a muscle. You exercise it. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, the thing I don't want to do is stand before the Lord Jesus Christ with just saving faith and have no walking faith. We should have matured and grown. You know, if you haven't grown in the 20 years you've been saved, then you've robbed yourself and uh, and I'm not sure if heaven's really happy. And so we just want to grow in the things that God has for our hearts and our lives. In Galatians chapter 3, please just allow me to read it to you from the NIV. Is that all right? Thank you. <laughs> Too quick? Okay, thank you. So, verse 1, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you, just one thing. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit, are we now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you have heard? Period. Let me jump back on verse 3. If I had to pick a te text, this would be it. Are you so foolish after begin beginning with the spirit, are we now trying to attain your goal by human effort? What was bor born of the spirit, birth of the spirit, are we now trying to do it in the flesh because we know how to do church? because we know how to do ministry, because we know how to do Christianity. We know what to say to the preacher on the way out to get him off our back. And uh, we, we just know we can raise our hand at the right time. We can, you know, sing a few hymns and a few choruses, and we can play the church game. Unfortunately, that's not going to work the day that you and I stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there are millions of people that don't go to church that love the Lord Jesus Christ. Somewhere in the line, they... Uh, separated themselves. They were disappointed or hurt or maybe just COVID came along and they got used to staying up at the cabin and now uh, they can watch us online or their sickness. I understand that and I welcome those who are online. But I thank God this morning the church is not a building. The kingdom of God does not have buildings. It has people. It has people. There's no local address in the kingdom of God. Uh, to the government, you are simply a local address with your building. With your building, with your building. You are the church. You're a portable conviction unit for Jesus Christ. Amen? I didn't say a porta potty. I said you're a portable conviction unit for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all good. I'm glad. I'm glad. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a great opportunity today to smarten up and to give your life to Jesus Christ. That's the coolest thing you could ever do. The best business decision you could ever make is to give your life to Jesus Christ. All right? it's, it's forever. And I say thank the Lord. Thank God. Church, we have a tremendous responsibility to take this gospel to the world. We cannot do missions without the Holy Spirit. We can't do Canada missions. We can't do overseas missions without the person of the Holy Spirit. 
See, Pentecost ushered, ushered in missions. And may I reference this morning when I use the word Pentecost, I'm not talking about a denomination. We're clear? I do whole credentials with a denomination, but I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the purposes of the Holy Spirit. Why? Why on that day, on Pentecost Day, when the Holy Spirit came and the church was birthed? Birthed in a prayer meeting. How cool was that? 120 people in the upper room and the Holy Spirit blew in, blew up, and blew out. Hallelujah. And I say thank God for that. When I say blew out, I don't mean extinguished. I mean he blew them out the door. And 3,000 people that day gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But I do really believe that Pentecost is the continuing power that carries the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God to those who believe. To those who believe, there's got to be a belief system according to your belief. And so there's no power in the gospel to those who don't believe. The power is in those who believe. Some people have heard the gospel a hundred times and never given their life to Jesus Christ. My friend, if that's you this morning, you are building up an immunity to what God wants for your life. You're building up a hardness in your heart. It's like having a sore and you don't take care of it. It gets infected and hard and then it becomes brittle. That's what your heart has when you have so many opportunities in Canada to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and reject him. You build up an immunity to the Holy Spirit. You really do. It's not that the Holy Spirit's not powerful, but your refusal gets his attention. And so we don't want to play that game. I believe that God has raised us up as Holy Spirit people to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. I don't know where you stand on his return, whether you believe pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Uh, I, I believe in pan-trib. It'll all pan out in the end. Hallelujah. Just serve Jesus. I, I don't want, I'm tired of fighting with preachers over when Jesus Christ is coming back. Just get your body ready to meet him. Hallelujah. You know, get your soul ready. The church ought to be revived, and, the, and those who don't know Jesus Christ ought to get saved. That's the only reason why you're still breathing his air. <laughs> why you're here? Because your son's not saved. The only reason you're here is because your, your baby girl's not saved. That's the only reason. You know, if God wants to be with his bride, Jesus wants to be with his bride, it's not natural for you to be away this long and not miss each other. Unless you don't like each other. All right? Uh, it's not natural. I'm away from my lady, uh, you know, seven, eight months a year if we add up all the time and travel. And so when I get off the plane in Pearson in Toronto, don't be in my way. Like, I, I'm old and I love you, but I'm coming through you. Hallelujah. I'm going home. I'm going home. I don't pastor anymore. The kids have grown up. They've got their own lives. And the only reason I come home is because that's where my lady is. That's where my gal is. And so I want you to understand, Jesus Christ wants to get back together with his bride. Is that okay, guys? You've never been called a bride before? <laughs> You're a beautiful bride, man. You're a beautiful bride. You're the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Don't be offended. It's all right. It's all right. I am insecure in who I am in Jesus Christ. I say thank the Lord. I believe that God's raised us up. What are we going to do about that? Church, we have not come this far because of our abilities. We have not come this far because of our talents, our buildings, and our programs. We've come this far because of our, our message. Not our methods. Methods come and go. I don't mind new methods as long as I can still find Jesus in the method. Like if I have to look for Jesus in the method, then i got a problem with the method. Right? i got a problem with that. So lots of methods that change with generation to generation, actually decade to decade. It's been our passion, not our programs. And I say thank God, our message, not our methods. We are a result of Pentecost. 
We are a result of Pentecost. And I say thank God for that. In Acts 1.8, we shall receive power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be a witness. Everything God wants you to do is about being. That's why you're called a human being, not a human doing. Thank you. You're called a human being. God wants to use you as a human being. In the day-to-day of life, God wants to use you. To be means to live it, not just talk about it. This is the time, this is not the time to compromise our message. This is not the time to diminish our message or dilute it or delete it. This is not our time. We are Acts chapter 2 people. We are Holy Spirit people. Unapologetically, we are, we, are, we, are not, we, are, we are not others. We are Holy Ghost people. Thank God for everybody else, but we're all, excuse me, Holy Ghost people. We're filled and we're led by the Spirit. And what we talk, we try to walk. And that's the message from the first century to where we are today in this, in this generation. But the question is asked to, uh, to the Galatian church, are we so foolish Are we so foolish now of what was begun in the spirit, we want to continue it in the flesh? Because we're all out in a bag of chips. Because we know how to do church. Because we know how to say things. Because we know how to perform. Because we know how to. Or or we want to go back to what was spirit-fed and spirit-led. You know, from generation to generation, it's been the work of the Holy Spirit that has kept us strong. The work of the Holy Spirit. And that's all it is. That's all it is. Bathurst already knows you go to church. They see your car or truck leave every Sunday morning at 10, 15, 10 o'clock, 10, 20. They figured it out by now, right? I mean, we're not carrying our Bibles anymore. We have it on tablet. We have it on phone. I still think it's nice to have a Bible once in a while with pages because people know who you are then. Uh, okay, a little pet peeve. I'm, I'm through it now. It's okay. I just like pages, I like to turn something, I like to mark something, and I, I, I'm still old school that way. Do I have a tablet and a phone? Yes, yes, and that's all it is, is really a phone. And I, I'm thankful for all the technology, but that's not how we got this far. We've got this far by the power and the presence and the purposes of God, and I say thank the Lord Jesus Christ. So this lady buys a very expensive watch. Okay, maybe her husband bought it for her. But a very expensive watch. It was a beautiful watch and it was worth a whole lot of money. I mean, she was so excited to wear it, and two days into owning it, it died. It died. I, I heard that. Oh, sorry, ladies. It, it died. It was over. And she did the, she did the little kind of, you know, and then she sat there and she did the, have you ever done that? She's out there waving the thing around, hoping it would rewind itself and, and get going. And, and, and so finally she took it back to the jewelers and said, this is, a, I, I spent a lot of money on this watch. It's not fair. I've only had it 48 hours. This watch, you sold me something that's junk and it's not working anymore. He said, ma'am, just give me the watch. She walked back into his shop, came out about 45 seconds later and handed her the watch. It was working fine. She goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? I thought, he goes, ma'am, it just needed a battery. (laughs) Just needed a battery. I got to tell you, church, you and I have an ever-ready battery inside of us called Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And you don't don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. He's always wound up. Hallelujah. And ready to go. And you don't have to change batteries. You got the real one. And I say, thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's a battery inside of you called Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit's still a gentleman. He'll come where he's invited. He's not going to push his way into your heart. Love doesn't do that. You have to accept love. The person you love is in the house today. It was because of a choice. It was a choice. You made a choice to to love that person. And I'm, I'm thankful for it. But it's a choice. And Holy Spirit waits for us to make that choice. If we think we can do church and living with for, for Christ without Holy Spirit, he's going to say, go ahead. 
go ahead, do it without me. Do it without me and see how far you get. See how far you get. You know, if you just want to live for Jesus Christ for a couple of years, do it in your own strength. Do it in your own power. But if you want to live for Jesus Christ in this life and know eternity, then you've got to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, church, world, the world's crazy. You can't keep up with all the stuff that's taking place in the world. Governments won't be able to stay up with all the things that are coming down the pipe. You know, the whole world is being shaken, but the Bible's talked about that for thousands of years in Matthew 24, 25. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Are we not seeing that? COVID should have been no surprise to the church. COVID should have been no surprise to the church. I read the end of the book. We win. Hallelujah. But you know what, church? There's everything that can be said, pestilences, hurricanes, tornadoes, everything. the earth is groaning underneath the weight of Jesus Christ's return. There's more groan in the earth than there is in the church. <laughs> Having begun in the Holy Spirit, this is not the time to rely on the flesh. Wherever there are people who are making room for him and allowing him Allowing him to manifest himself. That's where God is moving. We have no monopoly on Holy Spirit because we call ourselves charismatic or Pentecostal or Foursquare. We have, we, have no, we have no monopoly. Holy Spirit in the last days said, I will move. I will move upon all flesh. All flesh. He did not say the church. All flesh means your saved son and your unsaved son. Because both of them need the Holy Spirit. The one who doesn't know Jesus needs the Holy Spirit to come to Jesus Christ. And the one who does know Jesus Christ needs Holy Spirit to live for Jesus Christ. And so there's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit in our lifetime like we've never seen before. And I thank God. I appreciate the manifest presence of God. But we've got to go deeper because God's moving and we need to move along with him. I got to tell you, if people are hungry for Holy Spirit, if they're really hungry for Holy Spirit, I mean, good things are happening. Where, where, God, where God's not wanted and Holy Spirit's not wanted, it's as dry as toast. It's as dry. You can hang a shingle out front and call yourself the first church of the frozen chosen. That doesn't mean that heaven recognizes you as a church. The government can recognize you. You can knock off receipts at the end of the year. You can have a charter and a statement of faith. That doesn't mean heaven rejoices. That does not mean we're, we're going we're to wake up when we get to heaven to realize how many churches that God never recognized as far as organization and denomination, because it's always been about people. It's been about you knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, thank God. Man, I've been in places I've been invited to preach. It was so dry. It was so dry. I, I, I know any kind of spark would set it on fire, but they, 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 they didn't want no spark, and it was like they had buckets in their eyes, and they just wanted to douse everything, and, and they didn't have enough Holy Ghost to blow the fuzz off their belly button. I mean, it was drier than dry and dry and dry. And yet sometimes God just kind of weasels his way in there, sneaks his way in there, and the Spirit of God begins to move because he loves people. He just loves people. One of the qualities of Holy Spirit is this. He brings a spontaneity. Like, I don't know about you, I grew up in church, right? My father was born in the Miramichi, grew up in Campbellton, moved into Ontario, pastored there, and, and, and I couldn't miss church. I could miss school. In the 1970s, I, as a teen, I could miss school, but I couldn't miss church. My father, is this a maritime saying, you need to be under the spout where the glory comes out? Is that, is that where he picked that up? Like, like when you're five years old, you only know one spout and the glory don't come out, right? And so he, he, was, like, he was always talking about, well, you got to be under the spout where the glory comes out. I could have a temperature of 104. I'm going to church. 
I'm going to church because someone's going to pray for me and I'm going to get healed. Right? School, not an issue. Right? Services went till midnight Sunday night anyway. Right? And, and Sunday morning was till like sometimes one in the afternoon. Wednesday night Bible study was 1,500 people. Sunday morning was 1,800. Sunday night was the big service. Remember those days? 2,200, right, downtown Toronto. I mean, that, that our Catholic brothers and sisters were coming in by the thousands and, and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was an awesome time. I wasn't serving the Lord, but I sure got an eyeful. I sure got a heartful. I sure got that the, the, the ruined me to be in the world for so, too long. I love it when God steps in sovereignly. You know, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a sovereign move of God. Not a man-made, media-driven, man-manipulated, I'm looking for a sovereign move of God. Come on, church, you're smart people. You, you know when God moves. You, you know when it's God. Or you know when the man or the woman or is, is trying to, I don't, I don't mind you know, saying, Holy Spirit, we really need to, uh, you know, he understands that. But I, we're never going to fix this generation with manipulation. We're never going to fix this generation with man-made stuff. It's not going to happen. It, it would seem that somewhere in the journey, maybe we've lost our expectancy. Like, were you actually thinking driving into church today, Father, I can hardly wait to get there. I can hardly wait to worship. I can hardly get to hit the word tucked in my heart. I can hardly get to play people of like mind where I can raise hands. That doesn't mean we always get along because someone's going to park in your spot and sit in your chair, right? I know that's going to happen, but it doesn't matter because we're people of like mind, like unity. We keep the, the, the first things first in our hearts and lives. When God is in the place, you can't put God in a box. You don't tell God how to operate. When the Holy Spirit come as he did, comes as he did on the day of Pentecost, there's a divine quickening. There's a divine quickening. There's a divine awakening. There's a divine flow of Almighty God, and you know it when it happens. There's a touch that rises in the service. It could be a song, a song, just a one song. And as we keep singing and worshiping that song, the Spirit of God begins. One thing that Ken Bombay, uh, no stranger to the Maritimes, he'd teach me, he'd say, Chuck, when you give an altar call, it's like the tide coming in and going out, coming in and going out. And if you'll stay, another wave will roll in. The tide will come in. The tide will go out. But if you stay in the presence of God, the water will come back in again and wash over you. Hallelujah. That stuck with me. Let the tide arise here in Bathurst. Hallelujah. Let that tide roll in. And if you'll stick with it, stick with it, stick with it, another wave will come in. Another wave will come in. You know that better than me. I, I grew up in Toronto. There was no waves down there. I, you understand that the principle is there in the spirit realm. You ought to grab a hold of that this morning and use it in the next number of months and years to come if the Lord tarries. I've had a number of other ministers from other denominations and non-denominations say, listen, thanks, Chuck. Thank you to your movement. Thank you to the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. Thank you for all you've done. We'll take it from here. We'll take it from here. You know why they're saying that? Because maybe they see us as a dying movement. They see us as something that was initiated but can't sustain Holy Spirit wants us to be initiated. Holy Spirit wants us to sustain and grow. That's what God wants. That's what God desires. We need to keep adding to the church daily those who would come on to the Lord Jesus Christ as we lead them. I choose to believe that God's not done with me yet. I choose to believe. Like, I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur at 66. I'm a dinosaur as an evangelist in our movement. You can't count five evangelists in our movement across the country that are traveling full-time. But I still believe in the office of evangelist. And I still believe in the office of pastor and apostle and prophet and teacher. Yeah, I still believe in the five-fold. It's taught in the Word of God. Unfortunately for some of our churches, here's the five-fold. 
They folded got together and got kicked out of town. I'm just telling you, church, I still believe God's not done with us. Is there an amen in the house? Is there a witness? God's not done with us. God's not done with us yet. We're still breathing. We're still moving. Others tell me we've matured now. We've matured. Like, what does that mean? Like I'm old and crusty? Like we, we've matured now as a movement. We're, we're, we, we are beyond the need for the power and the person and the purpose of Pentecost. We have buildings. We have educational centers. We, 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 have, we, have, we, we, have, we have programs and we have, listen churches, <laughs> collectively we have nothing without the Holy Spirit. We have nothing without the Holy Spirit. I, I'm not trying to relive the old days, but you know what? When Dad talked about uh, having nothing but the Holy Spirit, he meant it. You know, when Grandpa T.A. Strong, when he talked about having nothing, he meant it. Having nothing but the Holy Spirit, he meant that. Because they didn't have a whole lot, but they were rich in what they did have in the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know what? The poorest man or the richest man in, in Bathurst, the poorest man in, in, in Bathurst is not the man without a nickel. The poorest man in Bathurst is the person that doesn't know Jesus Christ. You could be a multimillionaire, and all it's going to do is just have your family fight over what you're going to leave them. There's got to be something bigger and better than what God has for our lives. And I say, Father, help us, help us. So I want to touch on, on a couple of points this morning. How many know that a couple are four? Okay. Number one, if the work of the Holy Spirit, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that will keep the church doctrinally sound. I want to say that again because some of you think it's, it's flaky, it's goofy when Holy Spirit moves and people react. Church, people will always react when God shows up. They'll always wreck. Some, some will put their sail up and go, Holy Ghost, blow through me. Others will drop anchor and find, trying, to, trying to find a bay area. Right? It's, it's not, their flesh doesn't respond well. Your flesh will never respond well to the Holy Spirit. Your flesh will never respond well. It's uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit wants to move you along and your flesh has no creativity to move it forward without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's the Holy Spirit that will keep the church doctrinally sound. It will keep us from error. I tell you for a matter of fact that there's enough flakes in Pentecost that Kellogg's would like to put them in a box. That I do know. That I do know. I've been in this all my life. All, all that cries holy is not holy. All that waves in the, in the parade under the banner of spirituality is nothing more than a demonstration of the flesh. I get that. I understand that. I'm not blind. Flesh will appear to your, appeal to your soul and your body, but not your spirit. Not your spirit. Your spirit is quickened under the power of God. The work of the Holy Spirit is to keep the church doctrinally sound. The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God for you. For you. For you. He swims in the deep end of the pool without the little board or hanging on to the sides. Uh, he swims. He's, he's searching. He's wanting to, to know deeper things, to bring you into it. We, we call ourselves Pentecostal, but I need to tell you today, we're fast becoming Pentecostal in doctrine and theology, but not in practice and lifestyle. I don't want, I don't want my kids to hear a history lesson on the way we used to be. This is the way it used to be. I want them to grow up, and I want to be an old guy cheering them on the side going, go for it, man. Go for it, Matthew. Go for it, Sarah. Go for Rebecca. Go for it, those nine grandkids that we have. Go for it. Hallelujah. Let, let them live in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, Father, help us. Help us, help us. Church, we have an anointing through the Holy Spirit. He's the agent. He's the person who brings the anointing. Holy Spirit brings the touch of heaven. He gives power to his church. You can have body but not breath. You can have structure but not spirit. We can go through the spiritual gymnastics and walk out of here in a few minutes and think we had church. You can't have church without the touch of the Holy Spirit. 
You're not doing God a favor by showing up for an hour and a half Sunday morning and then living your life away from him the rest of the week. You're doing him no favor that you've added to your busy week an hour and a half. That's not what this is about. That's not who we are. John 16, 13, he's called the spirit of truth. He will guide you. He will guide you. There are two safeguards of the church against doctrinal error. Number one, a biblical revelation through the work of the Holy Spirit. He'll show you the way. A biblical revelation of what God wants for your life. Number two, the person of the Holy Spirit and his work among us. Boiled down, his way, his work. His way, his work. The Holy Spirit will reveal that to us. It's not Pentecost past, but Pentecost present. It's not the ghost of church past, but the Holy Ghost of church present and the Holy Ghost of church future. Anything we have as a church is found in the person of the Holy Spirit. Anything we have is found in Pentecost, not the denomination but in the person of Holy Spirit. And I say, thank God. Number two, we need the work of Pentecost in the church because it gives us the spirit of discernment. If we ever needed the spirit of discernment, it's today. To know what is of God. Discernment is not a, a psychology course, a sociology course 101, 102, 103. That's the study of human behavior. Discernment is to know what is of God and what is not of God. To know what the mind of God is, Again, not everything in the parade ought to be in the parade. Remember when Ananias and Sapphira lied to Peter and Peter said, you have lied against the Holy Spirit. He didn't say you've lied against the church, you've lied against the pastor, you've lied against God. He said you've lied against the Holy Spirit. Straight up in their grill. He just says you've lied against the Holy Spirit. But the truth had to come out. The truth had to come out. And I say thank God for truth. Man, it was a, it was a drop dead kind of truth. Yeah, yeah, the Holy Spirit, drop dead kind of truth where bam, the both of them hit, hit the sawdust that afternoon. It was the spirit of discernment in Peter that made it happen. We need some of that drop dead Holy Ghost. We need that. We've lost the fear of God. We've lost the fear of God. We've lost the reverence is the word. We've lost that reverence of God. And we need that drop dead fear to come back in the sense that we need to know who he is in a greater measure. And I say, Father, would you help us? Would you help us? Would you help us? In the last days, you need to know what is of God with the gifts of the Spirit, with the fruits of the Spirit. One of them is discerning of the Spirit, the discerning of Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 10. There's a distinguishing between the spirits. You need to know what is the Spirit of God and what is the Spirit of man. What is the Spirit of God as the Spirit of the Antichrist, the Antichrist. How many know there's a system before there's a man? Let me say it again. There's going to be a system. The system has already been put in place. You understand that? We are living in the last days, maybe the last hours of time. Yes, I'm a pre-tribber. You want to go through the tribulation? God bless you. My truck is in the parking lot. How fun. I'll leave you the keys. I, I don't plan on going through the tribulation. I don't plan on going through three and a half years. When the trumpet sounds, beam me up, Scotty. Hallelujah. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Okay, i got to work a little harder over here. They're not, they're not, they're not. I get excited about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Like I love my life, I love my lady, I love my family, I love, I love what I do, but if it came down to keep doing this or going home to see Jesus, bye! <laughs> we need the wind words of Holy Spirit. The wind words. The wind word that blows into your heart. The wind word of Holy Spirit. They're spiritually discerned. You can't discern the things of God with your intellect. I, I, get all the education you can get. I mean that. You can have more degrees than a thermometer. It's not going to help you. 
when it comes to discerning the things of God. Seriously, I'm not making fun of education today. I mean, get all the education you can get. But you know what? We're living in a day and age now where your mind can't get your head around all the junk that's happening. We need that windward of the Holy Ghost to go, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way. You say, well, the door's not open, then stand still. Church, I'd rather stand before door number two that's open for two months, knowing that that was not the door, than enter in and go, oops, oops. I know he orders my footsteps, but he also orders my stops, and I want to hear his voice. This is the way he walk in it. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to edify the body. God gave gifts to the church that when the non-Christians walk in, they can say that God is in the house. We've got people today that don't want the utterance gifts. They don't want prophecy. They don't want tongues. They don't want interpretation. One of the things I love about Stephanie is you're up here singing the tongues and worshiping in English. and I love that. We need that. Prophesying in tongues, prophesying in English. We need that. We need that. You set atmosphere over this place. You change tone. No one's apologizing out there for using the name of Jesus Christ in vain this week. We, the church, should not be apologizing for worshiping God in English or French or in our, in our tongue language. We should not be apologizing for that. This is our moment to rise up and be what God wants us to be, that windward of the Holy Ghost. There's got to be that spirit of discernment, for no man can say that Jesus is Lord but through the Holy Spirit. No man, no woman can say that Jesus Christ is Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit. Just an observation, church, as I travel from pulpit to pulpit every week of my life for the last 18 years, I just want you to understand we lack discernment in the church. We lack discernment in the church. You know, we, we think because this is happening and this is happening, it must be God. You need to ask God what is of God. The devil's willing to play church to, to, to take your soul. The devil's willing to operate in some things. You know what? He might want to heal a body too if he can get some folks to go his way and, and trap them and trick them and trap them up in these last days. The anointing is given, and I say thank God. It's given in the solid place of prayer. The, the, uh, the gifts are given without repentance. You can flow in your gift and do what you want. You can flow in your gift. God says it's yours, do what you want. You want to make money with it? Make money with it. You want to serve me? Serve me. You want to impress people? Impress people. Gifts are given without repentance. The anointing is made in private. The anointing is made in right choices. Right choices produce right thinking. That's called righteousness. Right foot after left foot. Right foot after left. Make one right choice today and follow it by another one. You're walking in righteousness. You don't have to be perfect. None of us are. None of us are. You're looking at a very imperfect preacher. But I want you to know it's that discernment of the Spirit. Number three, it's God, it's Holy Spirit that reveals who Jesus Christ is. You say, Chuck, we know that. Come on and dance with me for a minute. You want faith in the place? Holy Spirit has to be present. Holy Spirit has to be present because he introduces Jesus Christ. Could it be that we've grieved the Holy Spirit and that's why we're not seeing the numbers like we used to of salvation? It's like grieving John the Baptist who was the forerunner of Jesus Christ and his life was taken and now we've grieved and tempted and resist and quenched the Holy Spirit and then we wonder why things aren't happening like we like them. We're not seeing the signs and the wonders and the miracles and families coming to Jesus Christ. We're not seeing it anymore. Listen, if we insult the one who introduces Jesus, what do you think is going to happen? If we quench him and we cause him to shut down and we resist him, it's no wonder we're not seeing what we want to see. Once again, we, the church of Jesus, need to open our arms and welcome Holy Spirit and say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for the long haul. And I say, thank God. John 16, 13 to 15 tells us when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you. He's not just going to tell you. He's going to guide you. 
He's going to walk with you. And I say, thank God. He'll not speak on his own. He will speak only of what he hears. He will tell us of what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me. The me is Jesus. Holy Spirit is a great leader. But not one verse in the Bible does he ever talk about himself. Out of the 87,000 plus verses, you can't find me one verse where the Holy Spirit says, look at me. Look at me. He's too busy talking about Jesus Christ. Why? He's the one who reveals Jesus Christ. How many times have you read that verse? You've read Psalm 91 how many times? 2,000? You read it last week and one verse jumped off the page. Same set of eyes. It's you. What happened? Holy Spirit says, you don't know what your weak holds, but I do. I'm going to drop this verse 3 into your heart. You've read it a thousand times, but you're going to live it this week. You're going to live it this week. And so Holy Spirit does that, and I say, thank God. Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can't mistreat the Holy Spirit. Ananias and Sapphira taught us that. We've learned lessons since then. You know, we can blame all sorts of things, and this happened and that happened. When it's all said and done, you know what? I can't. Listen, church, we're all going to get hurt. I'm a preacher's kid. Saw my father get hurt. Saw my mama get hurt. They never changed their theology and they never gave up on Jesus. It's one thing to fall. It's one thing to fail. Devil don't care about that. Devil doesn't care. He knows you're going to mess up. He knows you're going to fall. You say, oh, Chuck, you're talking really pessimistic now. No, you're a human being that loves Jesus, but once in a while you mess up. I'll nod for you. You might be embarrassed. People think you're angelic. I get it. I get it. You don't know me? I'm not. The devil doesn't care about you failing. The devil don't care about you falling. The devil cares about you getting back up and moving again in faith. What did Jesus say to Peter? Like when you finished your little rant, when you finished your little storyline, encourage your brothers. When you come back to your faith, when you come back to your faith, say, Peter, you're going to mess up, you're going to mess up, you're going to deny me, rooster's going to crow, you can't have the guts to tell a 12-year-old little girl you knew me. When, all, when you're finished with all that stuff, encourage your brothers. I have failed him a thousand bazillion times. Is that a number? I have failed, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the times that I've messed up for God. But church, I've never lost my faith. In fact, sir, if you're contemplating that, you're going to need your faith to get back up again. The devil wants to, you to lie there. It's like a bad street fight. You fall down, the devil's there just taking the boots to you. There's no rule book in his life. We have one, but it's actually a sword. And I hear it's two-sided sword. You can cut on the way in and cut on the way out. Hallelujah. So double-deck them when you're down. Hallelujah. Let them know in and out. I say, thank the Lord. Now I'm messing now. i got to keep moving. Listen, conviction, your friend. Condemnation, not. Jesus says, I want you to know you. Holy Spirit says, I want to introduce you. I want to take you deeper. And I say, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Church, there's no sin that God can't forgive. There's no sin. You're not the one person in this region that, that crossed the line. It's not the sin of blasphemy. You would not be here on a Sunday morning if you had committed the sin of blasphemy. Your wife couldn't drag you through the door. Couldn't drag you through the door. You would have no God conscience whatsoever. You'd still be hungover from last night thinking about who you can rob this afternoon. Put it out there. No God conscience whatsoever. Last thought, number four. Say an amen. Well, not so loud. Last thought, number four. Holy Spirit was given to the church so that we might learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. 
One of the greatest weapons you have is to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You know you can pray in the Holy Ghost in English? Well, if you're French, uh, if you're Dutch, you're German. I think God can lead you in English. I think God can lead you in prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. See, Chuck, you're kind of messing with words here. I've prayed in English, and the Holy Spirit has led me and led me and led me, and I prayed for people I knew nothing about, only to find out two weeks later they were in a car accident, and God saved their life at the exact same time. I had to be praying in the Holy Ghost. I had to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Does my, does my prayer language pop up? I can't help it. You get me rolling in English, and within two minutes, my prayer language, it's just, it's just a normal, just boop, <laughs> off we go. I mean, that's, this, this is the way it's wired now, and I say, thank the Lord. You know, one of the greatest weapons you have is to pray in the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God. That's not good enough, church. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be sad to only have a helmet? You're just a Christian streaker. You're just butt naked out there with a helmet on. That's it. All you got is a helmet. Things you can't say on a Sunday morning. I know. I've <laughs> That's all you got. You got a helmet. You got a helmet. You don't go into war with just a helmet. Any lieutenant or colonel or sergeant would look at you and go, Skippy, you need, to, you need to go get dressed. Put something on. You've got the whole armor of God. You've got the whole armor of God. But if that's all you have, you're dangerous. You're dangerous. You have weapons and you don't have orders. You, you're going to have a prayer life. You, God, the, the verses don't stop there. It continues to roll, right? And pray in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So now that I'm all dressed up and ready for a fight, who is it? Where am I going? How, God, how do you want to use me? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. When the church begins to pray in the Spirit, the devil don't like that. He runs. He doesn't understand that. When we pray as the Spirit gives us utterance, we cannot be defeated. Cannot be defeated. Cannot. Your flesh can't handle it. Doesn't get it. Doesn't understand it. The supernatural takes place. Your prayer language. Right? There's a prayer. We already, we already talked about this Friday night. Some of you will never stand in this auditorium and give a message in tongues. That's the gift of the Spirit that's talked about in 1 Corinthians 12. It is not Acts chapter 2. That's the infilling of the Spirit. Does not need an interpreter. Most of you who are Spirit-filled probably speak in tongues every day of your life. In your Matthew 6.6. In your closet place of prayer. But you're not going to stand here and give a message in tongues or interpretation. I get it. I understand that but you have a closet place of prayer. You cover the world. Maybe, maybe your body can't travel like it used to, but you can travel in the Spirit. You can travel in the Spirit. You can pray for China right here from Bathurst. You can pray for Thailand. You can, pray, you can cover the world. You know why, Grandma and Grandpa, we're still here? Because your grandkids need your prayer covering. Straight up. One of the reasons why I'm still breathing his air and walking on his planet, because we have nine grandchildren, and they need our prayers. We need our prayers. And by the grace of God, I think we pray for them every day. Even over grace, we pray for, bless our kids and our kids' kids. Hallelujah. And then we add on whatever kid's in trouble that day. We, we go for it. Hallelujah. It's all good. Church, one of the reasons why we're still here, God help us. We've tried to move mountains with words. No wonder nothing happened. God's given the church the gift of tongues to pray in the Holy Ghost. Listen, I'm overseas a whole lot. 47 countries, the warmer ones 20, 30 times, or 20, 25 times. But I got to tell you, you know, Catholic churches, Protestant churches, Lutheran churches, it doesn't matter. They're all waving flags, they're all speaking in tongues, and they're all worshiping God. I get off the plane in Pearson, it's like hitting a wall. 
We got this denomination, this denomination, this abomination, this denomination. We got all, we got all this stuff. And I'm like, what in the world happened? Why can't we all just get together and dwell on the common things that we have like Jesus? Like Jesus, like Jesus. I preach in churches that don't understand Holy Spirit. I don't stand up there Sunday morning and blast them all. I want to open the door, show them love, and let the Holy Spirit do what He does. I'm not Holy Spirit. I preach the Word. I just preach the Word. Holy Spirit reveals the Word. And I say, thank God. The future of the church is a Pentecostal future. Joel chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. There's not a church in the world that can't experience revival if they'd allow the Holy Spirit of God to move. Book of Jude, only one chapter, verse 20. Building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You having a bad week? Counsel yourself. How many people do you have to call to feel better? How many prayer warriors and intercessors do you have to call? How many pills do you have to pop to feel better? You have the greatest intercessor who already lives inside of you. He came in the day of salvation. Jesus came in, the Holy Spirit came in. The language is already there. The kingdom's already there. We're living it now, and I say, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I'm just telling you, you can encourage yourself. You can encourage yourself and rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I say it again. Are we so foolish to think we can now do in the flesh what was begun in the Spirit? Could you answer that for me? Could I hear a no? Could I hear a better no? Could I hear a louder no? Really? No. Are we so foolish to think we can do now mechanically with our abilities, talents, bucks, bronze, beauty, charisma, charm? Did I miss one? Cash? Do we think we can now do what was begun in the Spirit? My Bible says what is born of the Spirit will always be Spirit. What is born of the flesh will always be flesh. It has to die and come back up again. I don't think we need to die I just think we need to keep moving forward. Holy Spirit's your friend today, church. Holy Spirit wants to use you, speak through you, speak through your heart, speak through your life. Why Pentecost? Well, I can't find anything else in the book. From Acts chapter 2 on, the church age, until Jesus Christ comes back, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. What else can we use? Who else can we use to meet the needs of end time? Acts 2.17, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my wisdom and my wealth, my latest program, promoting my latest book, and my new drawings for the building. Well, you read that, did you? No, God says, I will pour out my spirit. I will. Church, bank on it. The same God who said, I will build my church, the same God said, I will in the last days pour out my spirit. The same God. When he says, I will, note it. Pay attention to it. He will. And I say, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Two quick stories and an ending. Are we good? Then we'll go eat some chicken. It's a number of years ago, Dad used to bring a team up to the Gaspé Peninsula out of Toronto. A lot of Bible college students called the Gaspé Outreach. He had a real burden for the peninsula. About 100,000 people, 87% French-speaking. It didn't seem to dawn on him the first year in 1968 because I was a kid. Most of them spoke English. So he had enough. What's the word we use when you're, you kind of speak half French, half English? <laughs> no, I like that. <laughs> he, he wasn't so bilingual, but he would break out in English, then pop into French, and then he'd try to cover up his French with an English word. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. So he decided he would teach the team how to witness. Well, that was brutal. There was five preaching points up on that uh, Gaspé, actually one at that time, Gaspé Town. 
And so we went door to door. Uh, he'd, he'd, buy, he'd rent farms and he'd rent property and he'd just go door to door with oh, 40, 50. And they would just share gospel and come back at night. No, no church would welcome the team in. Most of them were of another denomination. And they didn't want the Pentecostals there to begin with. And so we had outdoor services. And at times they would cut the cord to our music and cut the cord to our movie projector. And they would, they would drive by and taunt and throw things. And, and it was awesome. I was just a kid, right? Dad couldn't trust me to leave me at home, so I had to tag along. I'm, I don't know, I'm 12 years old. And uh, we were in Gaspé Town. The girls were in the basement of the church. The team of the guys were in a, a, a house he rented about 10 miles outside of, it was, it was, he called it the shack. It was. He paid $200 a month. It had running water, but you had to step outside the front door. There was a creek that ran by. <laughs> it had running water. So, Five drunk guys came one night with torches. This is in the 1970s and decided to burn down the Pentecostal church. They were drunk, they were tanked. We were in a little orbit trailer next door to the church and my dad looked out the window and I was looking out the window. I was a little nervous. I wasn't sure what was going on. My dad wasn't a big man. Maybe some of you are old enough to remember. He was about 5'10". He was loud but little. You You could always hear him before you saw him. And so he's in his boxer shorts and his tank top t-shirt. He was way cool before they were really cool. Like he had a little tank top. Not really impressive. If he flexed, you wouldn't notice it. They're lighting torches, and my dad decides he better do something because the girls are in the basement. Here in Canada, 1970s, Pentecostal church. They took the torches, they were lighting them on the little hill on the little crest, and they were working their way towards the building. My dad threw open the door in his boxer shorts and his tank top and raised his hands and began to And these five crazy men looked at him. Well, they thought he was crazier than they were. And they had an excuse. They were drunk. He was sober. I can only imagine the sight. I'm peeking out through the window. No hero here. No, I'm just peeking out going, okay, I got five guys with torches. My dad's in his underwear speaking of tongues. They dropped those torches, and they ran over the hill. Dad went out and extinguished them. Life went on. Church was spared. The ladies were spared. And those guys were spared a long time in jail, a lifetime in jail. How do you know that story, Chuck? Well, I was there. Years later, I'm preaching in Quebec City. I think Al Bowen was the pastor then with the former district superintendent of uh, Quebec. And I'm preaching there, and I tell this story. In the middle of the story, this man comes running down. I'm telling, and he comes running down. I mean running down. And he's not stopping. And he's hugging me. But he's holding me. Like, I don't mind if you hug me, but let me go. You know, get that brother thing. Hey, 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 how are you doing? You know, like, but don't hold me. You're going to get hurt. Right? Just, I, I don't do well. I'm a little claustrophobic. And the dude, and in front of four or 500 people, and the man's hugging me. And in his broken English, he goes, I, I know that story's true. I was one of the five. I was one of the five. He was then now a board member in the church, loving Jesus Christ, spirit-filled on fire for God. And he's up there years later saying, I know that story's true. I know that's true. And then as he's walking off the platform, he turns and he looks at me and he says, it wasn't your dad we were afraid of. And that would make sense. 
seriously. Five guys are not going to be afraid of a guy in his underwear and a tank top, speaking in a language they had no clue. He says it was the two big men in white that stood beside him. When we initiate the supernatural, when we hunger for the things of God, I think Jesus says, hey, hey, there's some crazy people in Bathurst that need some help. So round me up some big old angels. Come on, Gabe, round up some angels. Michael, get some big old angels. Get some, and let's just, go, let's just go worship with them. Let's just have some angels unaware just to bless them. When we begin to move in the supernatural and desire the things of God, You've never been alone, Mom. You've never been alone. The power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Last little story. You want to come up and play a little something, give me a little slap the devil music? It's the Rose Bowl. You familiar with it? Rose Bowl, American football uh, college. Right, and so it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a great time. But the Rose Bowl, so to watch good football, you have to sit through the parade, which maybe for guys is not the coolest thing because there's 130 floats made out of roses. Now, I, I love flowers because my wife is a gardener. I, I like the product of it. The planting, not so much. So you get 130 floats of roses. And then we get to watch some ball. So... They start off, three announcers, two guys and a lady. They're announcing the floats. One float, two floats, this is a float from, this is the third float. And then the whole parade stops, just comes to a complete stop. And of course, the announcers don't know what to say because it's not on their piece of paper. It's not on their teleprompter. And there's a silence silence, as they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then one of the men starts snickering, I mean, quietly snickering. The other one starts laughing. And finally, the lady speaks up and says, well, that's interesting. The parade is coming to a, a halt, a standstill, because the first float ran out of gas. <laughs> and everything had to come to a standstill because of the first float. I'm not suggesting we're the first float today. We're all that. I'm just saying... There are those coming in behind us and we need to be gassed up and ready to go. Oiled up, Holy Spirit up, filled up, sent up. You know what the funny part was? The float was owned by an oil company. Seriously, someone lost their job that day. The one float up front runs out of gas and it's owned by an oil company. I'm like, ooh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Church, we have an oil inside of us today called Holy Spirit. We have a, a super test gas, not regular, inside of us. He's invested in us to make a difference in this generation. Let's not disappoint him. So if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you really should. It has nothing to do with religion, thank God. Thank God, thank God. It has everything to do with the relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The heavy lifting's been done through Calvary. All you have to do is accept. And somehow in North America, that's become really hard because we guess we want to do the heavy lifting. 
If you do know the Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit wants to fill you so there's no room for other stuff. I like to put it this way. Just be so full of the Holy Ghost that when the devil rings the doorbell of your heart, Jesus looks at you and goes, I'll get it. I'll get it. Just relax. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. So Holy Spirit, would you do a work in our hearts this morning, sir? Would you do a work in our hearts this morning, Holy Spirit? Father, for those who have come in and our hearts are hurt or heavy, touch us today, Spirit of God. Maybe our hearts are cold, maybe resistant. Maybe we just don't get it. Maybe we don't want it. I pray today you'd so saturate our hearts and our lives. I pray that we just fall in love with Jesus again. I pray we'd reach out to the one who can make the difference. Why would we push away the only person that can help us? Seriously, I pray, Holy Ghost, I pray for those that are just heavy-hearted or discouraged, disappointed, hurt, hurt in the church world, hurt in family, hurt in relationship. Holy Ghost, would you wrap your arms of love around them today and let them know they're everything. They are everything, everything, everything to the kingdom. I pray that, Lord God. Holy Spirit, fill us up and send us out. Fill us up and send us out. It's not by chance this team is coming in in a few weeks to take you out, to teach you, to train you. But Lord, we've got to do it through the person of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit evangelism. Teach us. Saturate our lives. Saturate our lives. Saturate our hearts. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Church, would you stand with me? Thank you for listening this morning. It's a little after 12. I'd apologize for taking too much time, but I wouldn't mean it. You're here. Holy Spirit's here. You want to come around these altars and take a few minutes and just stand in His presence? I'll say it again, ma'am, sir. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Lord, you should. You really should. You really should. You really should. If you're here today, you're dry, you're dry, you're dry. Just say, Holy Ghost, here I am. You get your antennas up in the air and say, fill me right between these poles here, right between these poles. You know the good thing, sir? The day you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in. He's already inside of you. From my belly runs a river of living water. From my belly, my Irish Welsh belly runs a river of living water. Hallelujah. And I say thank the Lord. So if you want to take some time, let's come. If you got to go, God bless you. I'd love to see you again tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to have a glorious time and see what Holy Spirit will do for us. So, Father, we don't dismiss. The church doesn't dismiss. We are the church. Father, we can walk out of this room, but we're still the church. And I pray you bless. I pray this afternoon you talk to us. I pray this afternoon you bless us. I pray blessing over every family that's represented. I pray as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not asking the devil's permission, big bonehead. I'm not asking the devil's permission. We take authority. We take authority. We take back what he's stolen. He's not going to knock on your door and say, I'm sorry for giving you a tough time. I pray, Father, we take back what the enemy stole. Father, I speak against every, everything that would come against our sons and our daughters. We dismantle weapons that are being formed against them, and we kick them to the curb today in Jesus' name. Father, when families not making right decisions, we speak for them. We speak for them according to Isaiah 61. We speak for them. We speak for them in the name of Jesus Christ. We speak for them in prayer. Father, we call our prodigals home today in the name of Jesus. Every husband, every wife, every son, every daughter, we just call them back home today in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. We speak hope, love, and truth over their lives today in Jesus' name. Father, I pray you love on our unsaved family so much they'd have no other choice but to repent and give their lives to Jesus Christ. I pray that, Lord God. But for your love, 
but for your grace. Speak to our hearts today. Fill us up, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. Fill us up, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. Fill us up, Lord God. I don't want to be the float. I don't want to be the float that runs out of gas. I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Come on, let's lift our hands today and just worship them. Hallelujah. 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 Talk to them in English. Talk to them. Talk to them in French. Talk to them in your tongue language. It's all right. These altars are open. You want to come? Come. You got to go. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Spirit of God, flow to this house. Spirit of God, Spirit of God,
Yeah. 